The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, January the 24th, starts now. On today's show, back in the saddle for a little thing we call Monroe Wednesdays, journalist Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky Show, a presentation of the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, what's happening in politics in Chicago, you want to know arts and culture in Chicago, just head to chicagoreader.com. It's all there for you. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, just head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Oh, again, everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Liar Liar Wednesday, and here's why. Man, the world is filled with liars. Republican Party is uh, set to nominate another liar. <laughs> well, the same old liar. Uh, Donnie Trump uh, for its presidential candidate, Monroe Anderson, waiting on. We're going to get into all that in New Hampshire, break down the state of politics in America today. But but I, I've been thinking about this. I've said this, gone on this riff many times in this show, and um, it's I've gone on this riff many times in my life, even before I had a microphone to rant and rail in. I used to just do it, be ranting and railing uh, to whoever I happened to be in front of me, the waiter at a, a restaurant. Well, usually my poor wife has suffered this. Monroe Anderson has heard me ranting and railing about this. It's just, and here's my rant and rail. We kind of deserve Trump to a certain degree. He is such an obvious liar. He just lies all the time. Because everybody lies. It's just, it's a country filled with liars. Lie, lie, lie. People say stuff that's just obviously not true. And we're supposed to believe it. And I'll give you one example, which I will choose from the world of sports. And it's something that I know that <laughs> most of you out there will have no idea what I'm talking about because you don't follow sports. But it's indicative of, like, it's a special kind of lie. It's the spin lie, if you will. Uh, and uh, Monroe Anderson's very familiar with this because one time he would be spinning people. He was press secretary for Eugene Soares, I love mentioning. And he would take reporters like me and put us into a, a dryer and just spit us. <laughs> anyway, so yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks basketball team in the NBA fired its head coach, all right, Adrian Griffin. The man was 30 and 13. His team was 30 and 13, which, ladies and gentlemen, is a very, very, very good record. One of the best records in all of basketball right now. He was fired just after the midpoint of his first season, 30 and 13. That's like, wow, nothing matters. If you could get fired after having one of the best records in basketball, no one is safe. 
Well, now, don't feel too bad for Adrian Griffin. I'm sure he had like a three or four year contract, which is guaranteed. So he's going to get his money. But there's, you know, just whatever. The being fired is not a good thing. Okay. Uh, and so they claim at the time of firing him uh, that they didn't have a coach, but they were going to be negotiating with coaches. Uh, and then within 24 hours, they announced they hired Doc Rivers as their coach. They so clearly lied yesterday when they said they didn't have a coach. They so clearly had talked to Doc Rivers beforehand, set it up beforehand so that Doc Rivers would be the coach within that 24-hour period. It's such a lie. I know it's a small thing. You're thinking, oh, it's a small. No, it's not. It's an accumulation of things. Because it's like I used to tell the kids I coached. Whatever you do, don't lie to me. Because if, if like, I could deal with whatever. You didn't do your homework. You screwed up. And this, but if you started lying to me, I could never believe you. If I can't believe you, then I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. So, you know, there's, and I understand there's fibs. And, you know, and there's like, oh, you look good. You know, that kind of thing where you just, you know, it's not really a lie. You know, it's not really the truth. You know, like before we began the show, I told Monroe Anderson, I love that sweatshirt. I do love the sweatshirt he's wearing. It wasn't a fib, but maybe it could have been a fib, you know? The point is, I know the all untruths are not the same, but that one is so obvious. Like, you guys were clearly setting the... It's not obvious. It's not obvious. Oh, no, my God. A I'm defense coming. Give, all right, hold on. give you a press secretary spin on that. Okay, here we go. Monroe Anderson with a press secretary spin okay. on Milwaukee Bucks telling an obvious lie yesterday. Go. It wasn't obvious. Okay. <laughs> he's not yeah. the coach until he's hired. So when they say we don't have a coach, they don't have a coach. It's only until the contract is signed on the dotted line that you have a coach. Okay. So that's not an obvious lie. It's a Yes, it's a well. Here comes some spin, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for some spin. Uh, uh, here we go. This is an obvious lie. I will now read this to you. See, I follow this stuff a lot. So, this story broke yesterday, and this is from ESPN Woj, who is like the official go to guy that uh, all these teams go to whenever they want to throw their BS at the public. Yeah. Uh, this is this guy gets paid uh, handsomely just to gather BS that the teams put out and throw it at the public. This is ESPN sources yesterday. Doc Rivers is a top Milwaukee target to replace Adrian Griffin, but the sides have yet to talk. Bucks are expected to reach out and gauge his interest soon. The sides have yet to talk. There is no way that was true when they, when they told him that. Furthermore, they had brought Doc Rivers. The Bucks have brought Doc Rivers in to be a an advisor to Adrian Griffin. So you're telling me the guy they brought in to be the advisor to Adrian Griffin, they didn't mention to him, oh, by the way, stand by. We're going to fire Adrian Griffin then offer you the job. I'm sorry. That is such yeah. a str- – even you, the master no. spin artist. Right, no. It's in <laughs> on that. Yeah, go here. We go. Is yeah. that, uh, <laughs> yeah. They um, haven't talked. They 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 haven't talked. Uh huh. 
in 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 the light of okay, well we're firing doctor. I mean, uh, we're firing Griffin. Griffin, Griffin today, today, and you can have the job tomorrow, Doc. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my guest today is Bill Clinton, and we're having a discussion on what the word "is" means. <laughs> well, is uh, obviously you don't know what "is" is. Yeah, you don't know what "is" is. That man did more to hurt American politics, I can argue, than anybody in the last thirty years. Not named Donald Trump. Bill Clinton was such a notorious, notorious. A liar slash spin artist. Yeah, uh, no, also known as a Clintonism. <laughs> yes, a Clintonism. Uh, I did not have sex with that woman. I mean, it's just, and then of course Monroe Anderson annotated what he meant by that. Okay, the famous Monroe Anderson line, which you probably have forgotten. You said it when I on my radio show when I had a radio show, and people wonder why I got fired. You don't remember <laughs> this one? Oh yeah, I know what it was. <laughs> You want to repeat it? it ain't cheating. Say that again. <laughs> that's, that's what they say in the South. If it's just eating, it ain't cheating. Yeah. Monroe Anderson said that on my radio show. <laughs> and no wonder I got fired. Just one of the many reasons. <laughs> oh, Lord, Monroe. There's so much lying going on in the world. I'm sorry. Your, expo- your spin was... <laughs> it didn't work. I spin. It was... An observation that I had heard that they said in the South. It was a saying that they had in the South. No, no. I'm going back to the Doc Rivers. They hadn't talked to Doc Rivers before they fired Adrian Griffin. They had totally set it up. It's like when I got fired. I mean, this is how it goes. When I got fired, the person that came in uh, to replace me had been notified a week before I got fired. She was already lining up guests. (laughs) She was reaching out to friends of mine. I didn't even know I was getting fired. So that's how the world works. More I thought thought they said on their radio station, the truth matters. (laughs) Wasn't wasn't that wasn't that on their t-shirt? What was that there? Was it the truth matters or facts matter? matter. Facts matter. Isn't it wasn't it who knows? BS out here somewhere. I, I, I'm uh, looking at to tell you what it was. Yeah. Monroe, uh, kind of a help was Monroe and I were partners in crime at that station for a long time. Uh, and uh, anyway, that might go down that road. Yeah, three years. I, I was on the first show. Yes, you were the first it show. Was Monroe Monday back then. <laughs> but like, now it's Monroe Wednesday. Uh, and uh, they didn't like you any more than they liked me. I'm just going to let you know that one right now. Uh, <laughs> So here we yeah. are. I've never been popular in the media because, it, in fact, I do tell the truth. <laughs> well, okay. So you had, to, yeah. Uh, no, you're, well, oh God, the Monroe Anderson story. Um, I mean, I know we want, we have to talk about New Hampshire, Trump, Biden, politics, et cetera. But uh, to me, well, you're an example of, a black man who tells the truth in the uh, media of Chicago and definitely in the eighties, that wasn't planned. So let's just, let's just call for it and put that out there. You know what I'm saying? That's not playing in the eighties. Tribune could not handle that. What did that no, Tribune I- editor say to you? Some, that thing about there's superstars and then affirmative yeah, action. Two types of blacks. Yeah, super- 
I choke on that. Yeah, I don't blame you. There are two types of blacks in the newsroom. Those who are superstars and those who are affirmative action. Damn. Like, it, what a weird twisted thing for a white man to, to say to a black man. Just a weird. Oh, he thought, this was Jim Squires. He was quoted in Time magazine. Oh, said, I thought he said it to you. Well, it was. You know, essentially, he made, it was worse than that. He put yeah. it out there to the world, <laughs> not to me. I, thought it was... I reacted to it. And you so are... then he put it out that I was a troublemaker. Wow. Wait, you reacted to his face or you to a reporter? Yeah, I called a meeting. I had a meeting with him about it. Leonita set it up McLean because oh. she was loved there. So she set it up. And I went in there and I told him, I said, um, what I did was I told him I felt I was all dressed up with no place to go at the Tribune. And so we argued about that. Yeah. Basically, what what I was making, I was arguing for, is a uh, promotion to columnists. Yeah, at the Tribune. You got it, didn't you? Eventually. Yeah, after yeah. Vernon left. Yeah, after Vernon left. Look, man, I I would I for the Sun Times, and then I I was called into the office and told I was writing a, a column and I wasn't getting the raise. I could have told you back then. I probably did try to tell you back then. I don't blame you for not listening. The Chicago Tribune in the 1980s was worth less. There. All right. There, that's no no need to beat that dead horse anymore. Let's move on to modern day. I just merely making an observation that nobody tells the truth anymore. And so that has sort of prepared us for Donald Trump. Uh, and Bill Clinton has prepared us for Donald Trump. And just... When you uh, when you make a statement that is obviously not true, Monroe, and you present it as the truth, uh, then you lose all credibility, and we are where we are. Well, sometimes the truth truth is is not a good thing. For example, Henry Ford, when he was caught with a mistress, and was was questioned about it, his response was. Don't explain, don't complain. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I never heard that before. Henry Ford got caught with a mistress? Of yeah. course, I'm, 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 I'm I mean, assuming... Not Room, there were rumors. Rumors? Okay. Well, if you can't tell the truth, I think you should be truthful about not being able to tell the truth. So, for instance, you go, you just say, you know what, I... I I, and I've been in situations like this. I'm not even going to talk about that because anything I say will screw things up. So I'm just not going to talk about that. And that's no, easier for and, me. And, because... and, that's, and that's obvious that, that you did it. You just not talking about it. So if you want to talk about lies, then that, that's, that, that's a, um, a, a literal one, but not the truth. You know, uh, well, for example, our son, uh, Scott, our older son, Scott, when he was six years old or so, he was asked by his mother if he did something. And his answer was, I don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. The kid's got a career in politics. <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't want to say. That's not washing with both <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. What did Joyce say? Did she buy? Oh, okay. 
she let it go. She was so amazed at the answer. You know, it's like that's brilliant. That yeah, right. kid is smart. I don't want to say that's like the Bartleby character, but in Herman Melville, uh, you know, uh, I prefer not to, or whatever the line is. Uh, I don't want to say. All right, so let me um, preface uh, our conversation about politics uh, by uh, pointing out a story uh, that someone t- uh, told me. Uh, and uh, the person who told me this story is listening right now. Uh, so uh, this particular person, let's just call him Monroe, uh, was watching TV with an acquaintance. Let's call her Sally, since I don't know her name. Uh, and an image of this was yesterday, I want to say, and an image of Donald Trump in New Hampshire came on the TV screen to which Sally said, and I'm paraphrasing from memory. Um, oh, Lord, Donald Trump is running for president again. And I tell that story. Uh, actually, the Monroe uh, in the story told me the story. I repeat that story because it's so illustrative of a larger point that Monroe and I have made to each other uh, so many times. Yes, we too are political junkies. Yes, we too follow this stuff from start to finish. We obsess over it. We watch TV or we read the newspapers, et cetera, and so forth. But I would venture to say at least half, at least half, if not more, and I'm being conservative when I say at least half, of the country is not paying attention at all. It is unbelievable to me that anybody would not know that Donald Trump at this stage was just, I mean, excuse me, that somebody would just learn right now that Donald Trump is running for president. And yet, Monroe, let's be real. Most people aren't paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, you're not going to know that Donald John Trump is running again. Well, Your this thoughts. Was, this, this was, she, she probably is a millennial. Okay. She may be a Zoomer. Okay. But she's young, in other words, and um, and and she. It, it, most of these young people don't watch TV. Okay. She happened to be at my house. I happened to have the news on, and she happened to see the news report about mm-hmm. Trump complaining about about um, Nikki. Mm-hmm. And she, 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 she didn't say, "Oh Lord." She went. She just said, "Trump is running for president <laughs> again." <laughs> it was like news to her. <laughs> oh Lord! It wasn't a reaction. It was just wow. <laughs> hey, um. Okay, so I did not specify age. I didn't even know age, so I don't want to be accused of being uh, prejudiced against young people which is generally what happens whenever we do one of these bits. Um, because if you recall, Monroe, remember this this uh, riff we had for a while where the juror, the 30-something-year-old juror in the uh, corruption trial of Patrick Daly Thompson, the alderman, who was the nephew of Mayor Daly, yeah. uh, did admitted after the trial, uh, this juror admitted that she had never heard of the Daly's until she sat on the jury. And I'm like, how could <laughs> it just right. blew my mind? And then everybody got, I wrote this, I wrote an essay I talked about on the mic about how could some a millennial in their early thirties not know who the dailies were and the blowback from like defenders 
including baby boomers, right? You're so prejudiced, and you know it's it's not her fault. <laughs> All these liberals sympathizing with this juror who didn't know the day there was. So I've learned my lesson, Monroe. Never ever criticize um, someone for not knowing what I think they should know when it comes to politics. Like for instance, I told you the story about a friend of my daughter's, and they were watching Joe Biden give a speech at the 2012 Democratic Convention. And this friend turned to my daughter and said, and uh, I'm paraphrasing again, is that the guy running against Obama? Okay. That was four years into the Obama presidency. Joe Biden had been the vice president for four years. I'm like, hey, you know. He just got, he just got his president and passed his mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Joe Biden ever ran against Obama. Uh, so let's just, I say all this uh, to really point out the obvious point that this election, I mean, is there's nothing right now uh, that indicates exactly how this is going to sh- uh, uh, unfold. Yes. May, when I say tenses mixed up, the, the reality is Biden is running against Obama right now. Uh, there's a jealousy in the Obama camp that Biden has accomplished more than Obama has did when he was president, and um, which is true. And the Obama camp aren't appreciative wow. of the fact that he's done it. They're... they're they're sort of they're sort of pissed off, uh, sort of um, jealous. Wow! But of course, um, Biden had forty years of experience behind him. In fact, that's why he needed Obama needed Biden. Wait a because, minute. Let's let's go back. Yeah. Do you share? I mean, just why would? Okay, help me understand this. Right. Why would somebody be upset that Joe Biden has been successful? If you're a Democrat, that just goes to show you there's something perverted about human beings. If you're a Democrat and you share a Democratic agenda, whatever that agenda may be, basically a centrist Democratic agenda, uh, if you share that, which Obama and Biden pretty much do, right? I mean, there's no real distinction between Obama and Biden in terms of their ideology why would you be upset who is who is more successful you know it's 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 you know and it's not biden i don't know if it's biden i'm talking about camps political camps you know it's it's although it's sort of like um you if um lebron ends up winning more rings than michael Mm -hmm. do you think he's gonna say Oh, I'm really proud of that young man. No, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. No, yes. he will not say that. He's not. Right. He will not take the high road like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did when right. LeBron def, uh, passed him for the all-time scoring record. Right. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar took the high road and congratulated him. Kareem has an incredible character. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, he, he's, in fact, um, he's he's just an incredible man overall. Yeah. Wow. Well, I already discussed this at length uh, last week, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's newsletter, ladies and gentlemen, I urge absolutely everyone to read it. Uh, I, it comes out twice a week. 
Monroe, I've, I've been urging you to read it. Sometimes I send it to you uh, as an email. It's the guy is so wise, you know, right. I'm not even going to say, wow, wow, for an athlete, he's what? No, no, the man is wise. Right. Just oh, you know, the athlete part, you he, know. He back, as a young athlete, he backed Ali. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, he was one of those who put his career in danger yeah. to say that this is wrong. By the way, as a young scholar at Evanston High School, I backed Ali. <laughs> Nobody gave me any credit for anything. Right. right. Well, that's because uh, they 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 knew that one day you'd be doing that podcast. So he'll be okay. He won't have to worry about him. Oh my God. I've got the the proof is in my diary. I still have my high school diary with just page after page of ode to Ali. I've actually pulled back a little bit. I've come to respect Joe Frazier a lot more than I did back right. then. Yeah, um, right. You, you feel the same way, don't you? Like Joe Frazier got a raw deal. Yeah, no, he did. But yeah, no, he did for sure. Yeah, I've, I've really come to think that. And I kind of, I, when Joe Frazier died, I actually cried. I was like, oh man, I love Joe Frazier. Anyway, all right, neither here nor there. Let's go back to Donald Trump. So Donald Trump won in New Hampshire. Uh, and uh, it, it's now one-on-one uh, with Nikki Haley. And I'm, I, I get a kick out of watching um the mainstream press, particularly the New York Times, the way they cover uh, this campaign, uh, Monroe. Um, I could make the argument, and we made the argument a little bit last week with the after Iowa, uh, that these primary wins for Donald Trump show a weakness uh, in the Trump campaign. Yes. Uh, and an obvious weakness. Like he's winning uh, in the low, mid-50s, uh, which means, I don't know, 45% of the Republican Party is against him. He's effectively running uh, as the incumbent. And, uh, and yet, uh, the, uh, the paper's coverage, uh, the liberal papers are treating it um, as though it uh, is a resounding victory and triumph for Donald Trump. Now, I believe with the New York Times, everything they do politically is to earn clicks uh, and they know they can scare liberal readers uh, into clicking if they scare them with Trump. So I understand their uh, strategy, their click strategy. I, I realize the New York Times is not about, quote unquote, objective journalism. It's about whatever they can do to build a readership and an audience. Um, but it just in, it indicates to me that there's a whole new dy- dynamic in politics uh, today, uh, Monroe, that... Um, more and more, the Democrats are going to are are the party, or like, I don't know what you want to call them, upscale independents, highly educated voters, um, the, the Republicans who would ordinarily vote for like a Mitt Romney or a Gerald Ford. Uh, I I think they're going to have a hard time voting for Donald Trump, and uh, they may end up voting for uh, Joe Biden. Your thoughts? Uh, what, what we have here is a two-party musical chairs. Mm. Uh, they switch seats. And now the working man, undereducated white person is a Democrat and the uh, progressive business-minded 
educated white man is a Democrat. You, you you meant to say Republican in the first one. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah, ahead. Repu- yeah. Yeah. No, no. The, the uneducated is now. Yeah. Right. A Republican. Right, Republican. Exactly. That's what you meant to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They've, they've, they've changed positions. And so Trump uh, in, in, in Iowa and in uh, um, New, um, New, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, uh, got the uneducated vote. Nikki got the educated vote. And yeah. And New Hampshire is an interesting place to begin with. They 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 have they're not a religious state. They have more people who aren't religious there than most states do. And Trump has this is incredible. Trump has dibs on the religious right now, the religious white right. Let yeah. Specific about that. Well, we talked about this last week, and since since we had that conversation, uh, I read an essay. I think it was in the New York Times. Can't remember where, uh, by a, a evangelical explaining this. Uh, and so, follow me on this one. If I can boil it down to this, uh, the evangelical vote in the United States is now a vote of hate. Uh, so. There's nothing, I don't know, virtuous about it. It's not like about upholding family or family values or whatever they proclaimed back in the day, which probably wasn't true then either. I talk about spin and lies, uh, but it's just ultimate hate. They hate people that are different than them. And Donald Trump expresses, vents that hatred of people who are different. Uh, and so they will support him regardless of the fact that he's a rapist, regardless of the fact that uh, he's been married, I don't know, three times, regardless of the fact that he's an uh, adulterer, regardless of the fact that I. He sexually assaulted a woman. Yeah. And uh, none of that matters. Uh, all that matters is that uh, he vents the same hatred for people that are different that they do. And that's what evangelists evangelicals are embracing so it's pretty scary actually Monroe well, I'm not a, I'm, I'm anything but a biblical scholar but mm. the uh, that quote vengeance of the mind saith the Lord comes to mind and and and, and Trump is, is bragging about that yeah how he loves revenge and he will have it Mm-hmm. And they go, now, that's the type of leader I want. Yeah, 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 that is it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's he said it, man. And he, uh, he listen, he never, he, he claimed the election was stolen from him, and he's been campaigning since, uh, it's been nonstop campaign since November 2020. So it's, it's so funny that your friend, the, uh, we call her Sally, did Trump running? Yeah, hasn't stopped running. By the way, I didn't. Um, I gotta ask you what your thoughts about what's going on with uh, Fannie uh, Willis down in uh, Georgia. I didn't even mention that as a conversation piece. We'll get into that. Uh, I know you've been obsessively following that. Uh, all right, there was a, a moment yesterday when Donald Trump uh, claimed his victory on stage in New Hampshire, where uh, Senator Tim Scott. I got to let you take the lead on this one, Monroe. I mean, 
I don't even know what to say. Uh, it's been, it's all over um, social media. I saw it on a DL. He weekly uh, posted it and I've since subsequently seen it posted so many other places where Donald Trump's talking about how uh, he's won over so many uh, Republicans and he goes, including, you know, Senator Scott, uh, he's from the same state uh, as Nikki Haley. And he's trying to suggest that there's something really wrong with Nikki Haley that Tim Scott would support him. And then Tim Scott steps forward and says, no, maybe it's because I like you so much. And it's one of the most embarrassing moments. Uh, well, because he, 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 when he did it, it was like one of those coon shows from 1900 mm -hmm. or something like that. The way it was like, it, it, yeah, eyes big. He, he didn't pull out a handkerchief and put it on his head, anything like that. But he was, uh, if, if, if Clarence Thomas would go public sometimes, that would be the, the act you get from him. So this was Clarence Thomas Jr., Tim Scott was. I mean, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was like, yeah, he, he, forgot, he forgot to call Trump Massa. That's the only thing he forgot about. Uh, so uh you saw it did you see it live or you saw it subsequently oh i saw it live i saw it live and and when you saw it what was your response just like your immediate reaction Boom. <laughs> you know it's bad enough that he was He's a Republican, as far as I'm concerned, in this day and age. Uh, because they're, they're, they're the um, white supremacist party right now. Yeah. So it's bad enough that he's in that group to begin with. But it's it, at least he could be low-key and dignified about it. You, you know, know yeah, because Michael Steele is a Republican. But he is a thoughtful, uh, you, you know, there is an argument, and, I, and I, I understand that I will necessarily agree with it, but there's an argument that some Black people need to be Republicans uh, so they can be at the table with them as they're talking it and have a sense of what they're doing and um, be able to um, suggest that maybe they shouldn't say that or do this, what have you. All right. Let me push back at that and get your thoughts. Okay. So yes, as a principle, you're absolutely correct. All right. Uh, but if the black person who is at this table, yeah, this metaphorical table that you're talking about, yeah, is just reaffirming whatever the Republicans are saying, right? They're not pushing back. What's the point? Right. Exactly. No, that's, that's, I'm, I'm okay. Let, let me do a real life example. Uh, when I was at WBBM, there were periods during the 13 years I was there where I was the only department head at the table at the time. And um, there would be things being said or done that was not good for Black Chicago or for the TV station, for that matter. Mm -hmm. So I would um, address it. 
carefully and politely because um, it's easy to dismiss you if you're too far off the off the path at the time. So, for example, I pointed out to them um, that when they were doing stories about, say, cancer or whatever, uh, there were black doctors that were perfectly equipped to be interviewed on that topic. They didn't always have to do white doctors. Or when they were doing beach beauty shots, they would run to Oak Street Beach and show white folks frolicking and having a good time. And I would point to them, out to them that Rainbow Beach had people there. There was a longer trip. I understand why it did not happen. But the point I kept uh, pushing was that um, you don't just interview black experts on black things. They they know other they know stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I, wow. I, 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 and now that this? happens, you know, I mean, now you see black men interview who aren't talking about racial things. They're talking about subjects that um, whites could do or blacks. It doesn't yeah. matter. No, I, and there has been, uh, Bill Maher made this point, uh, one of his uh, riffs uh, last week, and I, I didn't mention this to you in our conversations. Get your thoughts about this. Uh, so it was a classic Bill Maher piece, uh, Monroe, where he was saying, the, you know, every he was mocking the extremes and sort of playing for the middle. And so okay. I, I always get a little irritated when he does that because I think it's a false equivalency, and I don't think uh, the left is uh, the equivalent of the right, uh, the MAGA, but whatever. Okay, put that at be that as it may. Uh, and the point he made. Bill Maher has been drifting right for several, for several years now, but okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a different, you know, he's evolving, let's put it that way. Yeah, right. Uh, or devolving, depending on right. your point of view. My point is that uh, to illustrate that, he, um, he, he, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, he mocked Democrats who said there's no improvement in racial matters in this country. Yeah. He goes, that is obviously not true. So to say that, to make it seem like we're still back where we were, I don't know, in the, the 50s or what have you, uh, is uh, as inaccurate as something the Republicans say in the matter like slavery didn't exist. Now, personally, I do not believe, once again, to me, is a false equivalency right there. Uh, uh, it, yeah. it's, it's a Trumpism, actually, because I know of no black person of stature and, and, and power that says there's been no progress yeah. in 40 decades. I'm not so he, even, yeah, yeah, so I, I just don't know. I mean, what they say is, and which is true, is that there's been progress, but we have a long ways to go. Yeah. So, like, when Bill Maher does that, what's he doing, Monroe? I, I think I have an answer, but I want to hear, when he says something that's so obviously not true, you know, he sets up a straw man to knock down, and it's not a real thing, the straw man that he created. What kind of mental game is he playing? Uh, what he's playing, I, I don't know him, mm-hmm. but from what I, you know, being as, as, as we know, being the um, 
greatest expert on <laughs> white people in no, Chicago. The, the foremost authority on white people. <laughs> exactly. I, I would exactly. say in the country, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. I may I may expand my title. <laughs> but anyway, being the great authority on white people, what he's doing is he's upset because he has drifted to the right. And so on some college cam, cam, canvases, he's been canceled mm. and he's insecure. So he's up, you know, because if you remember, he had a, a, a show on, I think it was ABC, uh, that, where he got fired for being too liberal. Yeah. That's why he went to and, so, yeah. and then he went to cable yeah. and he was his liberal self there. But over the years, every, every time he's, he's, confronted with something then um he reacts to it by doing um a backlash yeah yeah i i, I listen what's your what's your what's your theory on it? i i i feel as though um yeah i mean i, I don't want to psychoanalyze the man like uh you like you sort of did there uh i want to avoid that although Right, hard not to. It's Uh, it's my job as authority on white people. Yeah, but foremost authority on white people. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so as the second uh, foremost authority on white people in this country, because I have lived among them my whole life, uh, and uh, I know a thing or two about white people. Uh, white people, and not okay. Every you always get in trouble when you do this. So uh, I'm. There are some white people who uh, almost take it personal, you know, that uh, white people are being criticized. Right. And, uh, you know, and... Whereas as a black person, you get criticized all the time, whether deserved or not deserved. So you develop a, a thick skin uh pretty early in the game yeah you know with jim's again jim squire was my editor at the the tribune back when he was he made the statement about stars and affirmative action Mm -hmm. he thought of himself as a liberal he's a southerner and um he had worked for a uh tennessee memphis's newspaper i think as a young reporter and he covered the civil rights movement, and the, the very fact that he covered it and um, covered it in a fair way instead of um, just a uh, redneck way, since he thought of himself as a liberal, and so he did not want to be cr- criticized, and and he thought because he was a liberal, he could make the observation that he made. No, I okay, so. About stars and 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 affirmative action. So okay, so this is, uh, and I admit I have a bias here. Okay. And 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 I admit that uh, I have my upbringing did not prepare me for the world that exists. So you that you really are the foremost authority on white people because I had a uh, definitely in comparison to me because I had a very biased upbringing. Yeah. So I thought white people were like white people in Evanston. Yeah. And white people in Evanston are a different breed of white people. Okay. You know, they may be prejudiced. They may not want to live among black people. They may not want to send their kids uh, to the, 
uh, have them in a class with black people, right. but they don't articulate it. They don't come right out and say it. Okay. Right. So they're a different breed of white people. Right. They uh, just discriminate, but they don't. Yeah, they discriminate. They discriminating. They, and they have a rationalization for it. Yeah. In, in that way, they're very much like uh, upper and middle class black people. Okay. Well, let's not go down that path, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, where's Mark Sims when I need him to have this conversation? Uh, yeah, who who, got, who who is the the the, the liberal and um, I'm trying to remember his name in Hyde Park. Yeah, uh, Johnny McDermott. My my boss. No, no, this this was a Leon. Yeah. Oh, Leon Dupre, Leon, yeah, the greatest alderman of all time. Yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Leon Dupre's observation was that um, in Hyde Park, um, liberal whites. And blacks. No, it's middle class blacks, blacks and middle, middle class whites. Yeah, yeah, uh, conspired to keep poor blacks out, yes. out, out of the out of the area. That is classic, uh, Leon Dupre, and also classic Mark Sims. Shout out Mark Sims. I, uh, but so I was used to the like that's where I'm from. That was my worldview. I come to Chicago and it's this open open hatred of the Harold Washington campaign and fear and just. I'm like, blew my mind. I'm like, you're kidding me. This is, wow, I never saw this. And then that leads to the Tribune and the Sun-Times. The way they treated Harold Washington. Harold Washington was so much, so much by any, any determination, any, any standard of better candidate for mayor than Bernie Epton. And you, the Tribune and the Sun-Times editorial writers, they acted like, they were doing a favor, a favor to black people by endorsing Harold. Right. And 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 that Tribune and that guy, whatever his name is, Squires, that's that we're a Republican newspaper, but we're gonna do the right thing. Stop patting yourself on the back. Right. That's a joke. You don't right. deserve credit for doing something. That you're some, you know that Chris Rock thing about parents. Go look at this guy. What a, you know, he took his kid to get an ice cream cone. He go, well, you're supposed to do that stuff. Why do you want credit for that? Right. And that's my attitude about. Oh, you know, it's just like being praised for being an articulate black person. <laughs> that's that you know that's uh you know the the assumption is that although we're middle class. Uh, we're yeah. operating in a white world that um, our being um, articulate is amazing. Yeah. How, how, how did that happen? I don't know. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's like literally act like it's such a miracle. Wow, Barack Obama is so articulate. Right. The guy's right. a freaking genius. Okay. <laughs> right. He's right. like the world's smartest guy who ever ran for anything. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, see, I. I I think, and you might not agree with me on this, but I, 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 I think um, Obama and Clinton were um, tit and tat. They heads up. Yeah, you know, they were. Um, I, I, I think Clinton was brilliant too. Oh my! Wait a minute. Time yeah. out. Yeah. No, wait. Oh, hold on. Let's just get something perfectly clear here. To quote Richard yeah. Nixon. Yeah. You have never heard me say that Bill Clinton was dumb. He's one of the smartest human beings. I am with you. He and yeah. Obama are neck and neck. Like, yeah, who's the right. smartest guy? And right. they could size up people, and they know what they say to people. No, no, no. Uh, no. I'm with you said, on. Yeah. And Obama said of Clinton at one point, uh, 
he's the president of uh, clarifying things. Yeah. <laughs> but the difference between Clinton, Obama, and Harold Washington is that Harold Washington was as smart as they were, yeah. but he didn't use his, like, being smart to undercut his ideals. He he stood up for what he believed in. He eventually, if I think, was effectively killed for standing up for what he believed in. Well, yeah, but he that was late in life. He he was. It took he, him a while to get to that age, point. Yeah, right. Was, yeah, yeah, right. He was of an age where uh, he didn't have to worry about where he was going or what he was going to be. Whereas Clinton and Obama were in their forties. He okay. When Harold was in his forties, he was. Um, he was in the state assembly and he was machine over the place. He evolved. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, which is what, you know, it's, um, my, my, my sister-in-law, Yvonne, is sitting here next to me. She just turned 85 uh, a few days ago. I, and, she, and, she, and she got opinions out of the yin yang. <laughs> we'll bring her on maybe next <laughs> week. Yeah, right. She has uh, apologized for me. Like, so, okay. So, uh, uh, Bada's uh, uh, sister to Joyce, who uh, Monroe's wife, who would occasionally sit next to him uh, and uh, offer opinions. I beg Joyce, Monroe knows, I beg her to come on the show. Most opinionated, one of the most opinionated people I ever met, always telling me how I was wrong and she was right. And I go, all right, come on the mic. Let's go right now. No, no, never. Remember Monroe? Never. No, I'm yeah. not going. Yeah. It, no, she didn't say again. no, never. She said, that, Oh, yeah. yeah. She didn't have anything she wanted to talk about. Right yeah, now. some was. Like, some, yeah. some, some Clintonian uh, spin, you know, <laughs> no, that she was throwing no, at me. You got a show coming up. You could talk about that. Uh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, maybe later, Ben. Maybe later. Yeah. That was your favorite line to me. Maybe later. Uh, all right, so uh, that's Tim Scott. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, on this line, Newsweek had a story where their polls are suggesting upwards of 30% of black Americans are going to vote for Donald Trump. I have a real hard time believing that. Uh, Monroe, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, no. It, it, um, the, the woman who was surprised that Trump was running. <laughs> for president again is where I think a lot of black people are not all by any stretch of imagination, but a lot of black people aren't paying any attention to this stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, where are they getting these facts from? And, and you know, and then there are some um, who are disappointed because they thought Biden would have gotten the the yeah um, the police anti police brutality bill passed that that came out of um, the George Floyd murder. Mm-hmm. They thought that 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 would be a, a, a bill by now, and um, Biden hasn't been able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I I, I think that's you know that's what's that's that's something that's critical to a lot of young black people yeah. and they're we, upset like with the young white people about Palestine. Mm-hmm. 
No, that uh, we just did a whole conversation. I urge everybody to check out David Ferris' interview. It dropped Saturday uh, about um, the uh, Biden's policy toward uh, the Israel's war, uh, the bombardment of Gaza, and um, the impact that's having on the Democratic Party. Uh, so, yeah, it's clearly having an impact on the Democratic Party. And I mean, it's way too early for me to make any kind of uh, great pronouncements on this, but I'm more and more uh, Monroe thinking that Democrats, uh, Joe Biden is going to have to win without uh, the traditional base. Uh, and by that, I mean um, a, a lower turnout among black voters uh, and then lefties just going just not voting for him, either voting for third party or leaving it blank. And the the historical uh, precedent I have, the only thing in my lifetime, uh, well, it's six, 2016 to a certain degree, uh, but 1968, where I, my parents' generation of lefties, I don't know any of them that voted for uh, Hubert Humphrey. Yeah, they, they were so turned off by the Vietnam War and Humphrey supported Vietnam War that they either wrote in... Uh, or part it just you know some uh, lefty that they they loved or i think uh, whoever the third party candidate was at the time dr spock i can't remember anymore it's been so long yeah uh, and, 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 but the difference between then and now is these young lefties now um uh, don't have to go to war so they aren't as dedicated as those who suffered being at it's it's more theoretical, ideological than a true fear. My, my being a um, possible draftee to the Vietnam War felt um, much more angry, much angrier about it than somebody may feel about Palestine. Mm -hmm. Well, all right, uh, I'm I'm talking about people who were above draft age. So I'm talking about like my, my parents. I, I come from lefties, and uh, they were at the time. This is hard to believe. They were 43, uh, over 40. So they were never going to. None of them were going to be drafted. Yeah, but uh, they, they were about their son. They, well, that's true. Right. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's, the, yeah. the problem with that it's war valid. was that if you were male or had a young male in your family. Mm -hmm. You were worried about them going over there dying for what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Les McCann, shout out. We I don't think we gave him a shout out when he died a couple of weeks ago. The great uh, Les McCann compared to what? One of the great yeah. worst anti-war songs of all time on Roe Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. I know you. I know back in your dorm in uh, University uh, Indiana, you were listening to Les McCann. That uh, one, uh, War. Edwin Starr. Yeah. and uh Marvin Gaye. yeah marvin Gaye. oh what's going on uh, yeah. yeah no there were there were several of those songs mm. uh, but that les mccann song i put it on the other day sounded as good as ever uh all right uh so nikki haley uh came in second she had this quote which i wrote down i'm gonna run it by you monroe and get your thoughts on it this one here this is nikki haley's appeal right now uh and there's just she, uh, this is the appeal that she's making to Republican voters. Uh, so here's the appeal she's making. Quote, a Trump nomination is a Biden win and a Kamala Harris presidency. End of quote. Now, uh, she's saying something without saying it. 
Yeah, right. Translate, right. please. Okay. You you not only got you gotta have a woman, but you're gonna have a black woman. <laughs> but what is she saying? Is she saying that Joe Biden's gonna die? I mean, I don't understand what. I yeah, mean, no, they, they right, exactly, yeah, exactly. No, that's what she's saying. Her position is, I mean, the thing is, some in the media mm-hmm. are trying to portray her as a moderate. Yeah, and she is not. The only thing she did that a moderate would do was uh, have the statue of Robert E. Lee or who, what, some Confederate, removed. Um, a- after the murder, no, it was the Confederate flag that, oh, yeah, that right. blew in the right. state capitol. Right. Yeah, right. No, right. No, exactly. I know that. I I, I covered South Carolina um, for the primary as, as a New Hampshire on the Obama bus. And yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was the yeah, flag. Yeah, yeah, it's the flag. Right. Exactly. It's um, but anyway, that's her claim to fame. But other than that, yeah, she's um, adopted. That's why she couldn't talk about slavery as part of the civil rights. She has bought into that, um, as um, many Indians have who, who came here, you know, and, and wanted to be white. They wanted to be white, you know. It's like, like let's see. I'm here. I want, what do I, do I want to be black? Oh, Monroe, we, right. We, we, I mean, we've talked to us, and I'll say it again. It's not just you need Americans. Any immigrant comes to this country, and within yeah. like I'm, I don't know, a year, they figured it out. Right. Oh, uh, it didn't take it. Einstein. What's the that? The Richard Fire joke back in the seventies was when the Vietnamese came over here. The first thing they learned how to say was nigga, 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 nigga. That's right. Matt Fire made that joke. Yeah. And it's true as true then as it is today, not just with Vietnamese, right. but across the board. Oh, oh. oh, yeah. No, there was a book that came out, I think, in the 80s mm-hmm. on how the Italians became white. Yes, I remember because that. They weren't, they, they weren't white in Europe. <laughs> yes. You have white in quotes. I understand what yeah, you're right. saying. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, and yeah, no, uh, it's, no, I get you. So, so just so I understand, and I think you explained it very well. So when Nikki Haley says a Trump nomination is a Biden win and a Kamala Harris presidency, what she's saying is that if you nominate Trump, he will lose to Biden, and then Biden will not uh, last out his presidency because he's yeah. old, yeah. and you'll end up with Kamala Harris. And right. like, whoa, oh, my God, that's going to yeah. scare me so much. I'm going to yeah. vote for Nikki that's, that's, Haley. That's, that's one of those dog whistles. Yeah. <laughs> See, we've got to talk accustomed to Trump being on the bullhorn. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, oh. but, uh, Nikki being a more subtle politician than oh, Trump. My God. He's, he's back to the, 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 uh, the dog whistle. You are so right, man. That is so true. Uh, Nikki being more subtle than Trump. It's, it's like a subtle dog whistle. It was so subtle, it went over my head. I kind of understood, but thanks to your clarification. All right. Uh, so, Randy Newman. one of the, uh, uh, the, the, um, one of the points that, uh, Donald Trump routinely makes about, uh, Joe Biden, 
uh, is that he's senile and he's too old, which yeah. is hilarious coming from Donald Trump. Right. Uh, there was an article in today's uh, Washington Post. Uh, I forget who the writer was. I should know uh, about uh, this writer. Oh, no, uh, this writer went up. Dana Milbank, I think is the writer's name. Uh, yeah, he's a columnist. Yeah. So yeah. middle of the road columnist. Uh, he's, he's no lefty, that's for sure. But it was kind yeah. of a funny piece because he went to uh, New Hampshire and he observed the various candidates on the campaign trail, Trump, Nikki Haley, uh, and Dean Phillips, who is the congressman from Minnesota who's running as a Democrat. We, right. I don't believe we've ever talked about him, uh, Monroe. Uh, he, he because sounds, he's, he's not, not registering on the Richter scale. Yeah. That's why we haven't talked about him. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of issues, uh, but all right. Anyway, so here's, I'm just going to read to you is that the point that, uh, Milbank was making in this, uh, in this essay was that Donald Trump is seriously demented. Like Donald Trump repeats things, screws things up, gets confused with names. He's every bit as addled as, uh, they say Biden is more. Okay. Perhaps more. more. We, yeah. well, we'll put it this way. Uh, Biden is. Uh, not in the public uh, as much as Trump is, but whatever. Anyway, neither here. Uh, no, and also, you know, this is the thing is with Biden, Biden was uh, saying messed up stuff when he was half his age now. Yes. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, people, you know, I mean, he, that's, that's what Biden does. Yeah. He screws up. He says the wrong things at times, or he gets the, his facts wrong. Um, accidentally though trump trump just out and out lies so here's th this is uh uh bill banks quote from one speech that trump made this is one speech he's talking about how uh trump repeats himself here we go i'm reading this from today's essay quote some stories were so good trump told them three times quote we'll end up in a world war because of this guy trump said of biden Later in the same speech, we have the serious danger of going into a World War III, end of quote. Still later in that speech, we're going to end up in World War III with this guy running, end of quote. This was somewhat of an improvement for Trump, who in September warned an audience that under Biden, we will soon be in World War II. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. World War II, ladies and gentlemen, for you youngsters out there who aren't aware of this, uh, ended in 1945. Uh, so Monroe, your thoughts of Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, it, clear, 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 clear. These are not, this is not Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama country, uh, anymore in terms of quote unquote articulate, uh, candidates. Right. I don't think it matters one way or the other. It's really just Trump on the ticket. Your thoughts. Yeah. There's Trump on the ticket and Trump is MSNBC a couple of days ago. He they they had a piece with all Trump's misstatements mm -hmm. on it just to show how he was more senile than Biden. Mm -hmm. By far, he made more <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Nick, the of course Nick, Nick Nikki um, keeping the troops from coming on, on, on January 6th was just the latest one. 
yeah, where he said it's he he meant to say Nancy Pelosi and he yeah. substituted Nikki right. Haley. Right. Uh, and, and, and Nancy was on MSNBC oh. last night, and she said that it was a double lie for, for Trump because not only did she, it wasn't Nikki, it was her that he was thinking of, but she doesn't have the power to call this national guy. Yeah. Only Trump had that power. So she could, so even if it had been her, it, it wouldn't have been true. Yeah. And uh, so we'll close where we began. It doesn't really matter uh, because a Trump supporter is just doesn't care at all uh, <laughs> if what Trump says is or is not true. Uh, I began uh, by talking about how as a society, uh, we've just been fed so many lies that uh, it's easy to give up. Now, personally, I don't subscribe to that notion. I always want to know the truth. So I want to know when the Milwaukee Bucks, for instance, first contacted Doc Rivers about replacing uh, Adrian Griffin as coach. I do not believe their official statement that after they still hadn't talked to him, even after they fired Adrian Griffin. Not true, Milwaukee Bucks. You guys are lying. Uh, well, uh, uh, okay, uh, Ben, you're such a tenderfoot on this way. <laughs> you know, you're complaining about that is so minor to what we have coming. Mm-hmm. Artificial intelligence uh, is going to be creating all sorts of things. In in in, in tomorrow, I mean, yeah. some of it has already happened today. Biden, they had a, an AI. Uh, recording out yeah. in New Hampshire with Biden telling telling people don't vote. Yes, no, I hear you, man. It's scary time. And by the way, don't listen to anyone if they say here's a here's a rule. I, I this <laughs> this old tactic. If someone tells you don't vote. And if they say they're representing the official campaign of Joe Biden, et cetera, don't believe them. They want you to vote. Okay. Just man, AI is no joke. I'm going to leave with this. When we were in um, Cali, we're driving around. Uh, we were using the GPS because we don't know where we're going. And um, there's a voice now. I swear to God, the, the little robot voice that sounds just like uh, one of the DJs I've heard forever on um, uh classic rock and roll and i'm like oh i swear to god i told i told my wife i go they stole that lady's voice for this ai that is it was an instantly recognizable voice if you listen to classic rock right i'm wondering i wonder if the lady knows they stole her voice or if she got a piece of the action you know what i'm saying no that's uh, what that's what the strike was the that's right. strike was about and there's many more battles coming because if you can get a computer to do it for you for nothing, then why would you pay somebody to do it? Absolutely. So, all right. One thing is guaranteed that uh, if I say it's Monroe Anderson on this show, it is Monroe Anderson. It's not some artificial intelligence computer. That is Monroe Anderson. Well, uh, it, it is me until I, <laughs> I 
demand the raise I think I have coming. I, I, I doubled your salary last week. What are you complaining about? Damn. Every week I double your salary. I didn't Jeez. notice. Free to free air. Yeah. Uh, and next week here, I'm going to throw this one out. Uh, sister-in-law, Yvonne, will be joining us. She's not going to be afraid. She's going to go right to that microphone and talk. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. I'm going to yeah. uh, uh, you, You've had phrase about how and this is the opinion of Monroe Anderson. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. practice, and this is the opinion of Yvonne Jones. <laughs> you okay. The views and opinion of Yvonne Jones do not represent the Ben Jarofsky show. They represent Yvonne Jones. Okay. You got any problems with her? Here's her phone number. Uh, not call me. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Call me at the senior citizen home. Call her at the senior citizen. She's already speaking up. Okay? Right, no, she writes a. In Philadelphia, she hangs out. At, she has her. She has her own house. She lives at, but she hangs out at senior citizen homes. She visits them, and she writes a newsletter. The nosy reporter. The okay. nosy reporter. The nosy reporter. What made me do it? <laughs> Ask her if she went to Overbrook High School. No. Okay. I wow. West Philly, <laughs> and Grass. Okay. My aunts went to uh, Overbrook High School. Uh, all right, very good. Uh, maybe that's a tease for next week. Uh, we we shall see. Mon Monroe, thank you very much. I'll all talk right. to you next week, all right? Okay. All right, okay. Uh, very good. I also want to thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. Avon and Monroe will say, agree on this one. Hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, read columns from Benjamin, all at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J Show and like, subscribe, and follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.